Lieutenant Carlyle awoke to a blinding headache. He shut his eyes, but the pain remained. His ears rang so loud he couldn't hear anything else, and the pounding in his head seemed to radiate outward from a throbbing knot behind his left ear, leaving him queasy. He was probably concussed. That might explain the nightmare images. A large silver spider climbing the back of a red-eyed crow, reaching over and around, the crow standing too straight, its beak too short, like a knobby gas mask, its eyes not just red, but glowing, definitely concussed. He concentrated on his medical training and began taking inventory. He took a deep breath and listened for his heartbeat behind the ringing in his ears. He couldn't find it, but the ringing pulsed in sync with the pounding of his head, so it was down there somewhere. He wiggled his fingers, then tightened his fists and felt the pulsing accelerate. He relaxed, took another breath, and wiggled his toes inside his heavy boots, happy to feel boots still on his feet. Prisoners of war didn't always get to keep their boots. He opened his eyes again. The smears of hot orange light hurt to look at. His heart raced, and for just a moment he was back in the burning streets of Caspia, pulling children from Menite flames, pulling hard. But this one was pinned, and her screaming had stopped. And then he was screaming, and someone was pulling him away and beating him with a cloak to extinguish the flames. But no, there was no heat, and everything was smeared, not just the lights. Besides, the last he could remember, he was on the northern front with Kador threatening, not Menites. No marching menofixes to worry about here, right? He blinked, but everything remained blurry. He ticked his symptoms off on his fingers. Localized headache, throbbing, ringing in the ears, blurry vision. Enough for a positive diagnosis. Had he taken a rifle butt to the head? Lucky to be merely concussed if he had. Those blurry smears of light were not the lanterns he'd hung in his surgery tent. He was indoors somewhere else, but he couldn't imagine where. When he tried to remember what had happened, the pounding in his head intensified. The ringing in his ears intensified, and he suddenly felt tired. Very tired. Concussed patients are kept awake. Sleeping kills the swelling brain. Concussed patients, he got just that far into the mnemonic before blacking out. Lieutenant Carlyle, you gotta wake up, sir. His head still hurt, and he still felt queasy, but the ringing in his ears was gone. He was on his back. Someone was giving his shoulder a tentative shake. He opened his eyes, and the room swam into focus. Rough-hewn stone, like a mine shaft, with heavy timber braces. It was better lit than any mine he'd paid a house call to. A pair of long glass bottles with brass caps were strapped and bolted on either side of the span of timber across the ceiling. They glowed yellow-orange, like flames from a furnace, but he felt no heat from them. With a Greylord's bottling arcane light now. A soldier, with his right arm in a sling, leaned over and shook him again. Doc, please, we need your help. Carlyle sat up. His head pounded hard in response. He steadied himself and looked around. This shaft was just a side chamber, maybe twenty feet deep and ten feet wide, with stone on three sides and a low ceiling. 
Wooden planks covered the floor, and glistening black bars blocked the chamber's open end. So he was a prisoner, after all. He vaguely remembered the red coats of Cadoran Winter Guard. Four men shared the cell with him, and with relief he recognized each of them, though he didn't know them well. These were his patients, each too injured to fight, none of them well enough to be locked untended in a mineshaft. Buck privates, these four, which put him in charge. If they were all prisoners, it fell to him to keep them well, to protect them, to maintain discipline and morale. Officer training drove that home repeatedly. Morale and discipline were the two keys to surviving as prisoners of war.